Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are tuning in from around the world. I am Brian, the UK Bitcoin master. This is your bullish Bitcoin channel, the alternative uh, BBC. And this channel is all about mega strong Bitcoin hands. My aim on this channel twice a week, every Monday, every Thursday at 6 p.m. UK time is to try and help anyone to develop a strong hand so that they can, I don't know, hit head on anything that's thrown at them in terms of macroeconomics, Bitcoin price, volatility all over the place, the four-year halving cycles, the bear markets, everything we go through. My aim is to help you build that strong Bitcoin hand. Now, here's the apology. Less than an hour ago, Robert pulled out on me. Uh, I think it's a genuine enough reason, but I'm not talking to Robert Breedlove today. So I'm really, really sorry to disappoint you. Maybe some of you noticed the thumbnail changed, the um, the the wording in the headline of the show changed. But literally for the past 50 minutes, I've been frantically throwing something together um, to give you a show. And we have a show. And interestingly enough, we're still going to hear from Robert Breedlove. We're just not going to hear from him live. But it will give you an idea of where he's coming from in terms of Bitcoin and the world in general, governments, banks, etc., etc. So uh, my sincere apologies for that. It is what it is. I can't change it. I would still ask you to stick around, enjoy the show, tweet it out. Share the link to the show so we can get more people finding uh, the channel. Uh, if you are new to the channel, sorry for you hardened regulars that join me all the time. I've got to go through this for anybody finding this now or in the future. It is imperative you understand that this show does not offer any type of financial advice. Read this disclaimer. You must do your own research. And then, how can you do that research? Check out my website, ukbitcoinmaster.com. Close to 500 videos there now. And bitcoininterviews.com. That is where you're going to find all the interviews that I've done today that would have included the one with Robert Breedlove tonight. But fingers crossed, hopefully I'll be able to get him again. But it did take a long time to pin him down because he's so, so, so busy. So I appreciate his time. I appreciate it. Um, a little bit more notice, Robert, would have helped me tremendously. But we're here and we have a show. So if you're new, do check out these websites. Very, very important. So without further ado, let's get into the show. The first thing I want to do is shoot over and have a quick look at the charts. As you can see, we are trading sideways. We are in that range of 1920k. Uh, you know, a lot of the uh, analysts are saying, you know, Bitcoin is holding up remarkably well, considering everything that is going on out there. But the idea of showing you this is if you're new or even if you're not, you can see that currently for every dollar you've got, you'll get 4,997 Satoshis. So don't say you can't afford uh, any Bitcoin because you really, really can. I'm going to flick back over here for one moment because I always go through my chat and of late, and I think today because I've been so stressed out with everything that changed at the last minute, I forgot. I want to just give a few people a shout out. Joe Rotniak's in the house, uh, proud Zionist Jew, Yorkie 
Bitcoiner is with us. Uh, Matty3623 is unloading his lorry stroke truck. So hopefully you're in uh, with us, Matty. John Gravitz in the house. My lovely wife, Elaine, Mrs. UK is with us. Um, I have seen a few others. Bitcoin Meister uh, joined us as well from his original channel. Either way, good to have you in the house, Adam, uh, as always. Michael Weber coming in from Worthing. Hello to you. Um, JC Borter coming in from South Africa. Uh, good to see you in the house. We've got Stacking Richie coming in. Matthew Underhill. There you go, people. You've had a shout out. If you're not in by now and you want a shout out and you start, join us late and you go back to the beginning, type in UK Bitcoin Master like Yorkie Bitcoiner and Michael Weber have done. I can see it lit up in orange and I'll gladly give you all a shout out. And Yorkie Bitcoiner said, uh, you got this, Brian. Yeah. Hey, listen, I don't know what it was, Yorkie. But there was something in my gut telling me that tonight's live wasn't going to go ahead. Well, the live's going ahead because I'm live, but the interview wasn't. I don't know why. There was just a gut feeling. So I prepped some stuff in the background in case, but I didn't have it all set up. Uh, thankfully, now it is all set up. So it is what it is. But thank you all for being in the chat. Greatly appreciated. Don't forget to smash that like button. Okay, so we're going to go uh, back over to the desktop very quickly. As always, I want to give a shout out to Bitcoin Racing. I am one of their sponsors. I am a Satoshi Club member. Um, they have done great things, are doing great things for the space. They've just returned from El Salvador. They've got the full backing of the El Salvador uh, government to put the El Salvadoran flag not only on the side of their vehicle, their lorry, but their truck, but also their four racing cars. Um, I'm very, very happy to support them because they're just doing their best, like all of us, to get the word out there about Bitcoin. So guys, go and give them a follow on Twitter, Bitcoin Racing, because they really do uh, work hard. Um, as I said, if you want to make an investment in the racing team, you can become an El Hoddle member for a tenner or for 230 quid, I believe it is. You can become a Satoshi Club member. And then as you can see, that's my uh, YouTube logo there on the back of the car. So it's giving me a little bit of publicity every time they go racing throughout the year. So well worth it. We've got an incredible conference coming up in Scotland in Ocron. I don't know what it is, about 15 days, something like that. Massively, massively excited uh, about that. There's a load of sites out there giving 20-odd percent discount off. Check out Coin Corner in the UK for one. Uh, they're giving 21% off, or they were a little while ago. Um, there's a code for 15% off, but why go for 15% off when you can get uh, 21? These are some of the speakers, people. Jeff Booth, been a guest. Natalie Brunel been a guest. Uh, Greg Foss, been a guest. James Lavish, been one of my guests. Lawrence Lepard, been one of my guests. Danny Scott from Coin Corner, been one of my guests. So many of these people, I'm literally going to Scotland to learn from them, but to shake their hand in person because, you know, um, there's, there's many more speakers than this and I've seen the lineup now and it's massively, massively exciting. So I'm telling you now, if you're in the UK and you're not going, you ought to make an effort. I've heard this so many times that when people go, a lot of the times they can't afford it. But after they step away after the event, they think, my goodness, I, I could not afford not 
to have been there for what you learn and the energy that is created there. So uh, give it some thought. Also, um, check out Bitcoin Pioneers if you're in the UK. A great way to help with the overall Bitcoin adoption. I'm now, uh, well, I say I'm a Bitcoin pioneer. I've teamed up with them um, because I want to be able to give people free Bitcoin. And what they do working with the uh, app Luno, um, they can actually, we, I can give away £500 worth of Bitcoin each month in £10 increments. So if you're interested in getting £10 worth of free Bitcoin, just sign up with Luno uh, with an app. Don't do it on a computer. It's a nightmare. With an app, that's both on the App Store or Google Play. Um, do your KYC. You know, you've got to do that. You can't get around it. And then literally use the code BP. UKBM, and you're going to get yourself 10 quids worth of free Bitcoin. And I would encourage you to do it. I really would. Because if that 100Xs or 1000Xs over a decade or two, would it be worth getting the free 10 quid? Yeah, no, most definitely. And if you're worried about KYC, pretty well, all of us are probably already KYC to death before we discovered Bitcoin. So unless you're going to undo years and years and years of banking and everything else we've done before we learned about sound money and corrupt governments and, you know, um, spyware and everything else, then you're already KYC to death. Um, if you want to drop me a tip, um, support me, uh, buy me a coffee if you want. You don't have to. Um, you can do that anywhere from around the world. If you want to drop a few sats, you can do that. Don't run the show for financial gain. But many people have reached out and said, how can I drop you a tip? So that is that, people. What I want to do now is come back over here Um now, I had Robert Breedlove. I was going to talk to him. And I know that, you know, I've been on many podcasts and he's a really, really deep guy. Very deep. And whilst I watch pretty well every show that he's a guest on so I can learn a lot of it, thermodynamics and everything else, I have to say it goes over my head. But I recently watched him on an interview with Anthony Pompliano and I was mightily impressed with some of the things he said. And what I did was I extracted a video out, as I always do, of some clips and I thought I'll use that on a future show. But of course, as uh, Robert flaked on me today, I thought, well, we'll keep some continuity and I'll run that video uh, today. Now, what I'm going to do, because of everything going wrong, I normally prepare my show notes a little bit more and look at when the breaks are coming and what's said between each break. Unfortunately, I just did not get the time to do that. So let me tell you what this video is going to consist of. I'll pause it in parts where I think I want to interject and say something. He talks about gold being used, you know, over centuries. He talks about governments and the corruption that's out there and Bitcoin and what sort of role it's going to uh, play in the future. You know, what we're up against trying to get Bitcoin out there. He talks about also that Bitcoin is the closest thing to a perfect structure you're ever going to see and we will ever you know in, uh, have in humanity that's just a few bullet points i pulled out in the last hour as i was trying to frantically change all the thumbnails change all the you know it's gone out on steam it on hive it's going out there on bitshoot later it's you know i i had to tweet it out i had to change the youtube just been frantic so I could literally grab a few notes here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to let this video run from Robert. I've sped it up just 5% so that it isn't so long because it's 10 minutes 
um, in normal speed. Um, and I'll interject where I need to. But enjoy this so you get a flavor from uh, for where Robert Breedlove is coming from in terms of how Bitcoin will change the world. OK, enjoy, people. I'm still here and I'm going to interject where I feel I need to. Proof of work basically means you need to expend energy to acquire the value of the money. Right. You need to expend power to acquire the purchasing power, let's say. Um, and this basically means you're, you're protected from political power. If you hold gold, there's no political institution in the world that can arbitrarily say gold's not money anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's really important, especially in a world where Russian central bank reserves are being seized at the tune of $600 billion. Mm-hmm. Canadian truck protesters are having their assets seized for a peaceful democratic demonstration. Mm-hmm. You know, you need seizure resistance in this world, especially. So I would argue that gold was a good proxy for power because it required power to obtain the purchasing power stored therein, right? It's skin in the game, it's symmetry. Um, and you can't counterfeit energy. This is very key, right? If you want a money that can't be counterfeited, well, then root it in the thing no one knows how to counterfeit, mm-hmm. which is the thermodynamic physical reality of energy itself. Mm-hmm. cannot be created nor destroyed, cannot produce it without work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the nation state, historically, is the most politically powerful institution in the world. But I would argue it's only because they hold the most physically power-relevant tool, which was gold, right? The mm-hmm. state that accumulated the most gold became the dominant state in the world. Mm-hmm. So... A little bit more on gold, and then we can move on. The, as I said earlier, the physicality is kind of a double-edged sword, right? Mm-hmm. So the physicality of gold, as we're talking about when the Walmart, the guards are securing the cash at Walmart, right? There's physical cash mm-hmm. that requires physical security to protect it from theft or seizure from yes. others. So in a physics sense, the physicality of gold makes it a good proxy for power, if that's how we're defining gold, mm-hmm. in the sense that you have to expend energy to earn the energy that gold represents. Mm-hmm. But I would say in a political sense, and I'm going to define this more shortly, Gold's bad because it incentivizes the centralization of gold into one location. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because gold's just not portable, right? We need money to be movable. It needs to be transactable. It's much better if I can beam money around the world at the speed of light than it is load a bunch of gold bars on a container ship and wait three months. Mm -hmm. Or try and take a bar of gold in your suitcase through an airport departure lounge. Right. If we're going to increase the division of labor, we need fast money. Mm-hmm. Um, so another definition I've given is money's a tool for moving value across space and time. Mm-hmm. Gold was good at time, but not space. Mm-hmm. Currency is good at space, but because we break it from gold, it doesn't hold value over time. That's mm-hmm. why dollars are a terrible store of value. Yes. And as we'll talk about a little bit later, you know, Bitcoin perfects both of these effectively. So the lack of gold's portability led to the creation of this derivative application called currency. But then when you break it with that application, you have to trust someone to maintain the peg to gold. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you, you radically empower the currency issuer. Mm-hmm. If they can just start producing currency with no check, mm-hmm. meaning citizens have no option to redeem that currency for gold, then the issuing institution, which is the central bank, will grow and grow and grow until it pathologizes the whole world. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on in the world today, mm-hmm. in my estimation. I would define corruption as participants inside of a symbolic structure that understand the rules and expectations to be one thing, right? There's consensus on the rules, consent of the governed, as we say in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, if an individual operating in a position of authority inside that symbolic structure will now bend or twist those rules mm-hmm. for private gain, and uh, it does not apply to the public, typically it costs the public because they're often extracting resources mm-hmm. that the public has generated through the market process, that is corruption, right? So bending a rule for private gain, um, I'm sorry, bending a public rule for private gain, I would define as corruption. And this And there's so much corruption out there, isn't there? Those of us that are deep down in the Bitcoin rabbit hole, we sort of know this stuff. We know that the corruption out there is just incalculable and they're all doing it for their own gains, their own financial rewards. We've seen so many politicians that are, you know, 
in and out of trades and making millions and millions because they're getting insider knowledge, insider trading knowledge. And, you know, this is what he's referring to in terms of governments are corrupt. Um, if they don't start out that way, they certainly become that way. History has shown how much corruption there is. This is like that phrase that we've heard recently, rules for thee, not for me, right? Yep. That is, that's corruption in a nutshell. And this is the domain of propagandists, rhetoricians, bullshitters, right? They're trying to feed you some false symbolic reality to get you to do something that they want you to do. Mm -hmm. They're trying to bend you to their will, effectively. Mm -hmm. And so that is corruption in a nutshell. And we know corruption precedes self-destruction, right? Mm -hmm. Have you ever had a corrupted hard drive? Have you ever seen the end game of a corrupt government? Uh, look what happened to Enron, right? Mm -hmm. They bent this reality of public accountability for private gain and vaporized $70 billion of wealth in the process, mm -hmm. right? Corruption is like, it's pathology, it's destruction, it's disease. Mm -hmm. And so the more we can prevent public rules from being bent, twisted, or broken to the end of private gain, the less corruptible the symbolic structure becomes, mm -hmm. the better off we all are. Yes. Mm -hmm. We have to have a symbolic structure to the extent that it's not corruptible. It lasts longer over time. It produces more wealth. It creates more satisfaction than human wants. It increases the carrying capacity of the planet, for God's sakes. Mm -hmm. So like if you, if, you are, if you have a will to power, which you do if you're alive and listening to this, you would want this as a, as a thing. But I think also that is what Bitcoin is. Bitcoin has, it's the closest thing to an indestructible symbolic structure we've ever had. These are rules that cannot be twisted or broken mm -hmm. for private gain. It's essentially, and it's paradoxical in a lot of ways, but it's essentially this public utility used to facilitate the transfer of private property. Like two things we never thought we could get into one bucket and we somehow have. Mm -hmm. Rules that can't be changed. It's based on a purely opt-in, opt-out social consensus. Mm -hmm. Nothing, there's no coercion in it whatsoever. There's nothing hidden, right? It's maths. It's truth. It's code. It's incorruptible. Wow. You, there's, not, there's not even the opportunity for information asymmetry because it's open source technology. Mm -hmm. So towards this idea, which we've been working, I think Bitcoin is the greatest reach yet. Bitcoin is an emergent alternative to the whole game, right? It's it's like the first level playing field we've ever had mm -hmm. or yep. the first true, you know, equitable story, whatever you want to call it. I think Bitcoin is the best proxy for power we've ever had in that it's a story that can't be rewritten by those that wield violence, mm -hmm. right? This is very important. It's a story that can't be rewritten by the winners. Uh, it's a property relationship. So again, relationship between owner and asset that's virtually independent of the monopoly on violence. Mm -hmm. Like if you hold your private keys in a proper custody schema, and I always recommend multi-signature distributed geographically, you, you're very independent or isolated from the political apparatus. There's no law passing that can change anything. There's no confiscation or inflation that's going to affect you. Mm -hmm. And it's an incentive structure. It's a brand new symbolic structure that has very strong incentives that tilts all of humanity away from warfare and towards peace. Did you hear that? Tilts humanity away from warfare and towards peace. You know, we keep saying Bitcoin fixes this, but if you dig in and understand how the world is and how corrupt it is and why wars are started and fought and then stretched out and elongated because it's a money machine, you'll understand how Bitcoin fixes this because there'll be no incentive to go to war under a Bitcoin standard. And this is like probably the most beautiful promise of the whole thing. When Satoshi vanished, like, he took Bitcoin from some project that a guy started to this symbolic structure with no individual right to attack or denigrate or anything like this. So he transcended like Satoshi is now just a symbol. Right? We don't know who he is. He's just symbolic. And he's like the godhead of this mythological structure we've created in Bitcoin. And so I think Bitcoin is a fundamental reimagining of human civilization. Mm. 
it, you know, there's a, there's a moral imperative here. It's ethical. It's technological. It's pragmatic. It's financial. And, you know, I just hope that all this talking we're doing about Bitcoin is helping nudge the world in the right direction. And if you think about it, you know, it just fixes so much. But of course, we've got a massive battle on our hands because there is this saying of first I laugh at you, then they ignore you, then they fight you, then you win. And I've been saying we must be getting into that then they fight you stage for several years. But in, in actuality, I think that's now. I think we're really getting to the point now where they know they've lost control or they're losing control. Um, you've even heard, you know, Christine Lagarde from from the um, ECB coming out and saying, or was it IMF, whatever she's part of, saying, um, you know, Bitcoin is an escape valve from you know our system, and we mustn't let that happen. Um, so, you know, those of us that are down the rabbit hole, we know that we've got that escape valve. OK, and we need to do something to ensure that our family have that escape route. Let's continue with the last one minute. It's beautiful indeed and uh, indispensable mm -hmm. in the current macro backdrop of the world where we're actively witnessing legacy symbolic structures collapse around yep. us. Right. Rome is yep. burning. Mm -hmm. And so there will come a point where people may think they don't need the sovereignty aspect of Bitcoin because they trust their bank and they trust their brokerage account and clear whatever. There could come a point where that trust is diminished significantly to where they will seek shelter in an indestructible symbolic structure mm -hmm. like Bitcoin. And so, I, you know, not only is it, as we said, indispensable to human freedom, but as the other ones collapse, there's going to be this like osmotic pressure, mm -hmm. I think, that forces people into it. And I think this is where a lot of detractors just don't get it. They think it's some arbitrary choice. Like, do I choose dollars? Do I choose bolivars? You know, it doesn't matter. Why would I choose Bitcoin? It's like, this is why. Mm -hmm. Because all of the other structures are being corrupted and breaking down. And so people will naturally... You know, in expressing their will to power, they will seek shelter in the one that is resistant to corruption and destruction. So there was a clip from Robert Breedlove on The Pomp Show. And to be honest, I'm really sad that I didn't get to interview him, but it is what it is. Uh, maybe that'll happen um, down the road. But, you know, he's a very, very deep thinker. And if you're not aware of it, he's got a podcast called The What Is Money Show. And there's a, a series on there where he interviewed Michael Saylor, I think it's nine or 10 episodes, but it's on YouTube as well. And I was just literally gripped by that. Sailor's a deep thinker and he you know, talks in deep language, same as Robert Breedlove. And whilst most of it, I just simply did not understand. I'm sure I took away 10% of it that helped me to build my strong hand. And that was a couple of years ago now. So it is well worth following people like Breedlove and, you know, watching him when he's on podcast, even if it is heavy, because, you know, like many of you in the chat, I'm a regular working class guy. For most of my work in life, I drove chuck trucks, um, lorries in the UK. And, you know, I didn't have any schooling. I hated school. And so I didn't get any qualifications. So when I came to Bitcoin five and a half years ago, all this was just so over my head. But you know what? I had two routes I could take. One route was, I can't understand this, so therefore I won't bother. The other route was, I don't know whether I'll be able to understand this, but I'm going to have a damn good go at it. And five and a half years later, there is still masses I simply don't understand. You start talking to me about DeFi projects and CeFi and TradFi and you know NFTs and all that woof, I'm a boomer. It's gone straight over my head. But I know enough to know here 
that I'm in the right place by buying and holding Bitcoin for the long term. That's all I want to get out from all the podcasts I watch. Am I doing the right thing for my family? Is there anything better out there that I should be considering um, other than Bitcoin? And no. When you listen to the analysts like James at Invest Answers, when you listen to um, all these different analysts that talk about Sailor, you know, show me where else I can put my money that will give me a better return than Bitcoin. Show me anywhere I can put my money that won't be debased, deflated away over time, or they can corrupt, steal from me, etc. And he says, there is nothing. And when I hear podcasts like that, Sailors, Breed Loves, the others, you know, it just tells me I'm in the right place at the right time and I just need to buy and hold and stand firm. OK, so we're going to go back to the desktop as always. Well, not as always because they weren't supposed to be here tonight, but I have got some clips, some um, uh, tweets to share with you. Um Dundee boy, Jim Duffy, he is one of the organisers of the Bitcoin conference in Scotland. And he tweeted, uh, breaking Fed Chair Powell, the central bank will always be the main source of trust in money because we can print it. And he's basically saying, think Bitcoin. If they can just print money willy nilly, you know, where do they get these billions they're sending to Ukraine? They just print it. And then the people that pay for that are the regular working class people that end out enduring inflation. They end out enduring higher prices at the shops, at the pumps, everywhere. We ultimately pay the price for this money printing and Bitcoin stops this. And that's why I am so entrenched in the Bitcoin rabbit hole. Jeff Booth, going to meet him in a couple of weeks. Can't wait. Um this was a quote here. Forget what Jeff said. Let's read this quote from Mises. There is no means of avoiding the final collapse of a boom brought about by credit expansion, money printing. The alternative is only whether the crisis should come sooner as a result of voluntary abandonment of further credit expansion, money printing, or later as a final and total catastrophe of the currency system involved. And to which Jeff Booth answered, they chose later. Instead of choosing, this is going south, we need to get out of this, we need a reset, they are literally going to take it down and it's going to be total catastrophe. And I would say that is yet another reason why I hold Bitcoin so I can step outside of the corrupt monetary systems that are currently we're all in. Sean Lennon, John Lennon's son, Sean Ono Lennon. You may not like Bitcoin, but the central banks of the world have noticed and are concocting their antidote, central bank digital currencies. Inversely, the antidote to CBDCs is Bitcoin. Eventually, there will only be one choice between financial slavery to a central authority or self-sovereignty through Bitcoin. You choose. I clearly see these are our two options, and I really do not like option one. Now, I had to Google who this guy was, but Justin Amash, 
Uh, let me say this right. Oh, let me do it right. Okay. Until 2021, he was a member of Congress for Michigan. Um, had done that for 10 years. He's got nearly half a million followers on Twitter. And he tweeted in response to the White House Office of Science and Technology that said a digital dollar may seem far-fetched, but it is not beyond the realm of possibility. Today, the Biden-Harris administration published policy objectives and the technical analysis for a potential U.S. central bank digital currency um, Blah, blah, blah. And he responded, a digital currency administered by a massive central government is one of the most dangerous developments in, I'd say, living history. Finance must be decoupled from the state and decentralized. So you separate money and state. You take money out of the hands of the state. When the state can turn off your ability to transact with a switch, it controls your whole existence. How friggin' scary is that? And if that isn't scaring you, I don't know what rabbit hole you're down, but you can't be deep enough down that Bitcoin rabbit hole. And then this one, and i got to thank Rocky Palumbo for this. The gold bug's out there. Now, I'm not going to trounce gold, but I believe, as Lawrence Lepard said, Bitcoin is the fastest horse in the race. Now, what I'm going to do is show you the Bitcoin gains versus gold and the Dow Jones over four quadrants. I've broken it down. So quadrant one is the percentage gains since 2011. So you've got gold, 26% gains. Uh, Dow Jones, 185%. And this was to 2011 or since 2011. And then Bitcoin, 8,114,990. That's one chart. Let's get rid of this and let's have a look at the next one. Gains, Bitcoin gains since 2014. Gold, 46% gains. Dow Jones, 103%. Bitcoin, 3,146% gains. Winning hands down every time. Let's look at another one. Uh, percentage gains since 2017. Gold, 54%. Dow Jones, 68%. Bitcoin, 2,300 and 22%. Who wouldn't mind 2,300% gains? And then the final one. This is up to October the 3rd, three days ago. Gold, 17% gains. Dow Jones, 15%. Bitcoin, 239 so on every quadrant, Bitcoin wins hands down. And there is still, according to Larry Lepard, 100 to 1000 percent gains still to be made in Bitcoin. So without a doubt, you are definitely not too late to this. Get in and stack some sats right now. Here's an incredible quote that I was really going to use at the end of my talk with Robert because it's so fitting. You need to develop the mindset that fuels your commitment and self-confidence to the point where a lack of support from others 
doesn't even bother you. I get family, friends laugh at me, chuckle under their breath, ask me how that old Bitcoin thing's doing. I get phone calls saying, ah, see, Bitty's down then massively. It just washes off here like salt or water off a duck's back is the saying we use here because I've developed the mindset coupled with the knowledge that it doesn't matter what they say to me. I know that being in Bitcoin, holding my Bitcoin, not your keys, not your coins, so holding it offline on a cold storage device, which you need to be doing, people. Not your coins, not your keys, not your coins. If you're new to all of this, it's so important. If you leave your Bitcoin on an exchange, they own it, not you. And exchanges come under the same regulations as banks, and they can take it, your Bitcoin, and you lose it. So as you buy and hold your sats, get them offline, and it's dead easy to learn how to do that. There are so many tutorials out there that show people how to do that. Anyone can reach out to me in the show notes, and I'll happily do a 30-minute consultation with anyone or a 60 minutes for some sats. So the point is, develop your mindset that fuels your commitment so that no matter what other people say, you just don't care. And yeah, JC Borter said, some will, some what, so what, someone else is waiting. The four SWs. We, Bitcoiners, collectively, we need to be going out there and talking to people as much as we can with that some will, some, some won't, so what, someone else is waiting mindset. And that is how we will help the world adopt Bitcoin from a pleb perspective, from regular working class people perspective. And what do I want? Do I want the institutions to pile in and gobble all the Bitcoin up? Or do I want millions and millions of regular working class people to get off of zero to front run those institutions so that when they buy and hold their little bit of Bitcoin and then the institutions piled in, the institutions will help your number go up with whatever you are holding. You've got to get this, people. Do not wait. And then get in when the FOMO is kicking off. It is shooting up crazy. That is the wrong time to get in. Five and a half years has taught me that most people pile into Bitcoin when it is FOMOing in upwards. And then as it tanks down, they sell out. They should be doing it the other way round. And our job is to keep going out there and connecting with people. And I don't see a better way, really, to, if you're in the UK particularly, than to become a Bitcoin pioneer and just be able to give people 10 quids worth of Bitcoin. I did it whilst we were on holiday and, and some people registered and got 10 quids worth. You know, they were worried that there was some kind of catch to it. And I said, there is no catch at all. I've been given this to give away to people in £10 increments. You can only claim it once, but go and get yourself £10 of the most scarce asset the world has ever seen and is ever likely to see. Right, that is it. That is your bullish Bitcoin channel, UK Bitcoin Master live show 
for today, the 6th of October 2022. Once again, my uh, deepest apologies that I couldn't get Robert Breedlove to join us. Um, I will not let up on that and hopefully I'll have him um, at some point in the future. But hopefully you got some value from this particular show. If you're listening on the podcast, please share it where you're listening. I'd appreciate it. Um, If you check out my show notes, these videos now are up on Rumble. Rumble seems to be a really good alternative YouTube platform. So why not go in the show notes, click on the link and follow me over on Rumble? Because ultimately, as it grows, I want to know that all my videos are up there. They're all up on BitChute. They're up on Odyssey, which used to be library. They go out on a Facebook page. They're out there on YouTube. I've got a UK Bitcoiner backup channel with loads of videos on as well. So subscribe to them all, people, because that way you never lose track of where my content is. But for now, I'm done. I wish you all an incredible day, morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are. Thank you to those of you that stuck around in the chat and supported me. And once again, apologies, the live didn't happen or the the live interview didn't happen. But I'll be back on Monday with another live show. I have a live guest for next Thursday as well. And hopefully that one will happen. But for now, have a great morning, afternoon, evening and weekend, whatever you're doing. Don't forget, stack sats, get on, enjoy life, get it offline. Not your keys, not your coins. I'm out of here. Thanks, everyone.